Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to the voices behind women's cricket chat. That's Georgie and Alex coming up on today's podcast. Welcome back to women's cricket chat. It's myself, Georgie Heath, and Alexandra Pereira, and we are joined today by the wonderful Kiwi Jess Kerr. Jess, welcome to the pod. Talking to us from, I would say, glorious South Africa, but you've you've had a lot of rain, haven't you? Yes, a lot of rain. Um, was hoping to escape the the cold in New Zealand but um I've I've brought it with me but um no happy to be in South Africa and, and back playing cricket so yeah yeah so we'll just start on that one you've recently been injured just getting back into the game how has all the recovery been going as we look ahead to what is now your cricket season as ours comes to a close yeah so earlier in the year I broke my toe a week out before I was meant to be heading to Sri Lanka with the white ferns so that was really devastating um but um it meant I had a long time at home um which we as cricketers don't usually get so um it was a bit strange at first but I sort of ended up enjoying it I had a lot of time with family um time with my Wellington coaches so which is my domestic team and a lot of time in the gym back to doing off feet conditioning and things like that but um yeah very grateful now to be um fully fit and healthy and and yeah made made the plane and and have played two games over here but sadly a few have been rained out um due to the weather so yeah I I got the giggles there when he said Wellington because all I could think of was Wellington boots and I was like that's just what you need right now maybe not for your toe but for the weather anyway enough of me being an idiot so I want to throw it way back to cricket for you so it obviously runs in your family your mum and dad both played obviously we know about Mealy as well but it was originally running and athletics for you, wasn't it? 
yeah come from a cricketing family so it was natural to get brought into the sport but um, I would say throughout my whole schooling years I always loved athletics and that was my number one sport and it was injuries that took me out of it um but yeah running was everything to me my best friends did it um I just loved the training for it and and racing and I think those that do run sort of get the joy and endorphins you get out of it but um now I sort of look back and go gosh I was crazy for everything I did but um yeah I, I always stuck stuck with it with cricket did a bit of indoor cricket um played for my school team um at Tawa College and obviously Mealy being a bit younger she she was always playing too, so I was always just surrounded by it. But um, it wasn't until I was 17, got injured with running, that sort of pulled me out of that and I got brought into the Wellington Blaze squad, which was a real shock um, at first. But all of a sudden, I was then teammates with Sophie Devine, Liz Perry at the time, Rachel Priest. Um, Wellington was a very strong domestic team. And, and from there, it just my love for the game sort of grew and the training environments I had in Wellington just helped me become a better cricketer and yeah lots of bowling lots of bowling in the nets and whatnot but um yeah since then I've never looked back and and I'm grateful for every day for being able to call it my job now and you mentioned some of the names there and you sort of not being new to cricket but in terms of having to sweep that mentality from being athletics and running to now you know cricket is what I want to do do you find it daunting when playing with those star players? Because I can only imagine, like, some of the names you mentioned, like, I would be absolutely breaking it. Yeah, at first, I think having Mealy probably helped me a lot. She's my younger sister, but in a way in cricket, she's like my older sister. She's been around for so much longer. So having her, I was obviously watching her play cricket, so I, I knew of some of the names and faces and and obviously they weren't expecting me to be sort of world-class straight away. And, and you know, I was picked as a bowler with with my my real threat as being an in-swing bowler. And I bowled so many league side wide starting and whatnot. But I had just a great support network around me and all the players were really welcoming and and helped me sort of blossom and, and, and encouraged me to keep bowling in swing rather than going going straight to cross seam and, and being sort of safe, what they say. But um. Yeah, well, it, I guess I was nervous being 17 and quite young, but um, and on the flip side, it probably helped me become a better cricketer too because I was having to, you know, bowl to some of the best batters in the world. And it hadn't been an easy road for you leading up to that, had it? So you, was it Bell's palsy you shuffled with when you were just nine? Can you tell us a bit about that and the impact it had on you and your running and your sports and just your life in general? Yeah, so... I've had a few sort of random health conditions throughout the years. Um, Bowel's palsy probably was one of the strangest ones that happened. Um, I was yeah eight or nine years old, came home to mum and dad and just said my face isn't really functioning properly and it um, sort of was tingling and yeah, half my face wasn't sort of going up like it should when I was smiling. So um, yeah, got sent to hospital with with mum and got turned away originally actually and then um, saw my GP the next day and they said I've got this condition called Bowes palsy and I'll be sweet it'll go away in one year and no worries just carry on with your life sort of thing um, and I obviously couldn't blink my eye and couldn't talk properly but yeah just take my eye up for sport so dust wouldn't get in and I think looking back now i in my opinion, I think that kids are the most resilient people going round. And um, sometimes I 
when I when people say who do you look up to and and whatnot I almost say I look up to younger Jess because if I had to deal with some of the stuff I probably got when I was younger I don't know if I would be so resilient and sort of keep calm carry on type of mentality but I think just kids in general just keep moving forward for some reason and and that's sort of what I did and and sport was always my outlet so every question I always asked to a doctor when I was diagnosed with something or I was sick or whatnot would be can I still play sport and if they said yes I was happy I was okay (laughs) so luckily with Bowel's palsy and then getting diabetes later they always said yep you can still do sport obviously it's had its other challenges but hearing that answer from the doctors was a massive sign of relief for me as a kid and that sort of allowed me to to keep going I guess. And you kind of mentioned the having to be resilient as a child it seems to me that these things happen in threes obviously you got Bell's palsy then you got diagnosed with diabetes then you had to I think it was compartmental syndrome when you were 16 like how hard was it for you and I know you talk about being resilient but that's a lot for someone to go through in about eight years time yeah I think I I actually wrote a story for someone um not long ago talking about all the health conditions and it probably wasn't till then that it felt like it was a lot but yeah I don't really know how to answer that one because I guess with the bowels palsy I thought it was going to last a year and it didn't and i have just accepted the fact that it's lasted and my family and friends and like I said before I can still play sport um so that's the people I'm surrounded by have been amazing and not treated me any different so that has been a huge saving grace with diabetes it's literally you've got it forever but if you do the right things you can still live a normal life so I've almost wanted to not prove people wrong but I don't want to let diabetes define me as a person um, and let it overtake my life Um, because the thought of having it forever can probably seem a bit scary but if I live like that then I'm I'm not going to be too happy and and again I asked the doctor can I still run because I was only young at that point I probably didn't care about cricket as much then but can I still do sport and they said yes so it's like okay how can I work around that and yes I do a lot more work behind the scenes that probably people might not see or realize but to me, that's my my normal. And if it allows me to represent my country and and do something I love, I would do it any day of the week. Yeah. And and then I guess the the with my calves, that was really difficult in a way because running was my everything. I wanted to go to the Olympics and my best friends did it. Like I said, it, it was sort of my life in a way. And that was my biggest outlet um, as a kid. So that was really challenging. But I like the quote, everything happens for a reason because I was always a naturally better cricketer and I'd think if I didn't get injured and stop running, I probably wouldn't have gone down the path of cricket. And yeah, I absolutely love what I'm doing now. So I sort of look at it in that way and in the sense of my calves going all all cruddy on me. And also way more fun, way more sociable. And I think you get to see so much in many cooler places in the world and you don't have to get up at ungodly hours in the morning. So yeah. I think your body did you a good one there. And I just yeah. wanted to touch on the diabetes thing, because am I right that Sophie Devine also has diabetes? So did she sort of given you any kind of advice, obviously, as an older member of the squad and how she has managed it and coped in such a high pressure professional situation, but still been so successful? 
Yeah, she's. I've obviously really looked up to Sophie. Um, she's actually from the same suburb or town as me. And um, my dad used to coach the Wellington Blaze when Sophie was a teenager. So when I was diagnosed, my dad said Sophie Devine has type one diabetes, and you know, look what what she's doing. But I think it's just really nice on tour to have her and to be able to not complain as such, but she totally gets how I'm feeling if I say I'm low or if I'm high, she understands. And yeah, I think just people who are type one diabetic, you just automatically probably have an instant sort of connection or you just like, you just get it, what they're going through. And and I really have loved playing in New Zealand and when parents come up to me and say, oh, my daughter or my son has type one diabetes or yeah, anyone who is type 1 diabetic coming up, it's like you just feel this little soft spot for them because they've got something that's going to be with them forever that's tough and you just get it more than probably your average human. But yeah, it's great to have Sophie on tour and, and everything she's done. I wish, I think I need some of her insulin because she is hitting the ball a lot harder than me. So <laughs> I've been stitched up a little bit there, but anyway, we'll um deal with that one a bit later. <laughs> Just on the diabetes, like how difficult is it to manage during playing cricket, for instance? Because obviously, I say when New Zealand will get that test match, hopefully soon, and then 50 over cricket, it's a different, it's about what, eight hours a day, and then T20 is about three hours. So, how do you, I suppose, manage it and how do you have to adjust with those sort of the length of the games? Yeah, definitely the the longer the format, the harder it becomes. Um, I I personally have an insulin pump, which I disconnect when I am on the field. So drinks breaks are really important for me. And so um, I'm very grateful that whoever is it's 12th man or 13th man on the field just knows exactly what to do, run out my diabetes bag. And um, if I give them a wave on the field, they know what to do. But yeah, it's... All I think of with diabetes is it's your it's a lot more decisions in your day or you're thinking about it. So whilst while the girls might just be having a drinks break and thinking about your cricket, for me it's okay. What's my blood sugar level at? Do I need to do more insulin? Will this last me till the next break? How many units on board do I have? It all probably sounds quite foreign to people who might be listening, but um that's sort of what I'm thinking about. And then it's sort of going to the cricket. Um but yeah, I think, yeah, having a good support network around you. And, and again, I've had it for quite a long time now that you just you just learn every time and also accepting that you're not going to be perfect all the time and um, not getting down on yourself if you are going to run high or, or low. It's just sort of how can you survive this game to the best of your ability and to perform at your best without, you know, damaging your health too much. I just find that incredible that, you know, not only are you coping with playing top level international cricket, there's this on the side that you just manage to balance all of these things and everything that you've overcome to get to the point of international cricket. And let's talk international cricket because that's how we came across you. Obviously, I met you at Fairbreak <laughs> earlier this year, but you actually made your debut after your younger sister, didn't you? And am I right in that you came over to England for the 2017 World Cup, but watched Mealy play. Did that sort of inspire you to be like, right, now I've got into cricket properly, I want to play in a World Cup, especially when there was going to be one at home coming up? Yeah, 100%, that definitely inspired me. Um, Mealy had had a couple of years playing in the Blaze, and 
but obviously we've got a very supportive family. So I was always in Wellington watching those. And when I heard mum and dad were going over to England to watch her in the World Cup, I got given a choice of whether I want to play in an indoor cricket World Cup myself or go and go with mum and dad to watch Mealy play. And yeah, I went to England and watched and it was it was an incredible tournament and very inspiring. And by then I'd been just picked up in the Wellington Blaze squad. And I think, yeah, after leaving that, it was like, okay, the women's game is really going somewhere. And it just, yeah, it was incredible. And it certainly inspired me and just seeing the love Mealy had for the game and playing for the White Ferns. Just all the little things like hearing the national anthem and all that. Uh, obviously, I wanted to represent New Zealand for running um, and athletics. So it was like, okay, can I do this with cricket? And if I try my hardest and see where it goes. And also, like uh, with running and athletics, you only really hear the national anthem if you're on the podium. But exactly. if you play cricket, you always get to hear it. Do you stand near Mealy and get to sing it with her? Or is there a sort of, is there a specific yeah. order you have to stand when you when you do the anthems no order but me and Mealy always go at the very back and yeah we're always side by side we come from a very musical family so we are always belting out the the anthem together so you go for like the desk camp and the harmonies what's Christmas uh, singing like in the in the Kerr family there's certainly harmonies when we're at home but that's certainly carried by the aunties and and some of the cousins um but yeah we just we just sing along with the with the tune um when it comes to the national anthem and uh as you know we know you wanted to go to the olympics with running but hey there might be an opportunity in 2028 you're still you're still very young so it's only what five and a bit years away you're still very young you still got time to, to make that squad for is it los angeles in 2028 yeah yeah so you still got time. I know. Yeah, that was that was the um exciting thing with the Commonwealth Games. Unfortunately, I was actually injured for that, but um just to hear that that was announced um because obviously being a young girl, I always was watching the Commonwealth Games and Olympics. So, yeah, it's very exciting to see cricket in the Olympic Games and yeah, hopefully I can keep myself fit and fresh and yeah, will I still be young? I'm not sure. Might be nearing 30, but well, um, that is not that old. I'll have none of this. None of this <laughs> being old. No, no, no. Everyone's it's not now. 30, 30 is the new 20, I say. Yeah, and then you minus two for COVID years. That's what I keep doing. Yeah. I don't know how long um, we carry on with that, but yeah. Um, <laughs> and so you and you sing the anthem together, but she also gave you your international tap, didn't she? Can you remember any of what was said, or is it quite sort of overwhelming day? Yeah, I had I had the best cap presentation ever, I reckon. I had Sophie and Mealy um present me with my cap and while I can't remember word for word what they said, it was just really, really special. I was the only one debuting. Um I think the year before there was quite a big break of international cricket. So and we were about to head to a World Cup as well, but um yeah, Mealy wrote a beautiful speech. I think there's a video of it somewhere. And also to have Sophie as well. She was obviously my Wellington captain. And and like I said before, her being type 1 diabetic too, I've always looked up to her. So it was a really special day. And I had my family and partner fly up and had some close family friends there as well. So I don't remember the exact sort of 
words or moments but I remember the feeling of the day and and how special it was and yeah that can never be taken away from me and did it did you find it even more special when you could sort of think back to all of the stuff that you had overcome to get to that point yeah 100% I think I going into that season I was not expecting to make the white ferns I had studied to become a teacher had a job lined up Um, I ended up still working that year but I was just really really just happy with life and going into the summer of cricket just excited to play with my mates really Um, I always wanted to play for New Zealand but I didn't think it would be that soon so I think when I just had this breakout season and then actually got the news that I'm going to a world cup and going to be representing my country and playing South Africa too beforehand it was just very overwhelming that it had all happened and obviously you go back to to your journey and my family probably reminded me of that more than myself and yeah it was it was really special to to have that happen and obviously to be able to debut at home too was was awesome and just on the teaching you are still teaching aren't you and I believe it's oh not anymore they need no, to not... update that they need to update that on the home uh, website that's where I thought but um you were teaching, you were, I believe, teaching at your sister's previous school. So tell us a little bit about that and about how you sort of have to manage your time teaching as well as playing cricket alongside that. Yeah, I'm very grateful with sort of my timing of things. So I did a four-year degree um, and um, my pl- my placement for my last year was at Tower Intermediate, which is the school me and Mealy went to. And my my mum went to the school that school actually too and um, my auntie and aunties and uncle so Tawa's very very close to home so it was special to be able to teach there and then um, going into the the following year I was hired as a as a full-time teacher and as I said before I had this breakout cricket season and got called up for the white ferns which meant I was going to miss my first five to six weeks of of teaching as a first year teacher which was just yeah, it was crazy, but I, I called my boss and he just he just laughed at me and he said, I've been watching you play and I've got a plan for this. So he was almost thinking before me um, and he was obviously so happy and, and, and proud of me for making the team and he encouraged me to get my registration. So for the two years, um, my first two years of being contracted for the White Ferns, I was also a full-time teacher. So he let me go on every single tour but when I was home it meant I was juggling training and and teaching and it was very very busy I'm not gonna lie it was early wake-ups late nights and now that I've had the privilege of training full-time I probably wasn't training or it's just so much better to be able to be a full-time athlete I can train in the day with other people when a lot of my trainings were alone with my dad or like I said, late at night. So yeah, I'm so grateful I did it because it <laughs> made me juggle my time and get a sense of the real world as well. And yeah, if anything goes wrong with cricket or injuries or whatnot, I've got that as a backup. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm so grateful now to be doing cricket full time. And yeah, I have sort of haven't looked back since now that I've got my registration and ticked that off. What were you teaching? So it's in, in New Zealand, it's called intermediate. So you go to primary school till year six. And then year seven and eight is intermediate, which is the two years before college or high school. So they're about between 11, 12, 13 years old. And I taught all subjects. Yeah, real range. But I loved I loved the older age. Lots of people said, what are you doing? But 
yeah I found you could be more yourself have great conversations with them and yeah there were the there was cons as well but yeah I really loved that age group and then instead now you get to be a professional cricketer so you know pros and cons and then like you said you can go back to it afterwards talking of the professionalization obviously you're still young so professionalization has been a lot more prevalent in the time that you've been interested and playing cricket but is it something that you're still seeing this massive growth and like how much pride does it give you to sort of be part of this massive boom in global women's cricket you know we've obviously got like the international contracts professionalization the big bash which has been incredible the hundred you know women's cricket in the commonwealth games that must be amazing to be part of yeah definitely I think you know we we earn quite a good income now playing for our country and it allows you know the the older girls um they'll tell me off for saying that but they can stay in the sport for a lot longer now too because they don't have to go out and get a real job as people probably said back in the day and and um having I've been lucky enough to play in some leagues and in the UK and Australia and their domestic um structures are just so so well set up and and advanced and New Zealand's a little bit behind in that sense but we're heading in the right direction um and yeah it's just really exciting to be a part of that change and also to be able to bring back what you've learned from playing in in other countries and bringing it into your domestic domestic teams as well but um yeah it's I think it's just going to keep going up at the moment and it's so exciting what's been happening especially with the the IPL this year and all the different leagues and you know they name something new every year it seems you know there's like we talked about before the Olympics as well so it's um hard to get a break almost at this point. You just mentioned there about you know New Zealand perhaps might not be as far ahead as other countries however you were the first country to sort of announce equal pay. So how important was it for yourselves and the men's team to have equal pay, but also to kind of put it out to the rest of the world, you know, that we should be moving more towards equal pay? Yeah, I think it was it was really good. They um, employed someone, the NZCPA, to, to work through all of that. And, yeah, it was... It was a great move, and um, I think having the New Zealand CPA who work for the players um, and who are fighting for things like that is is awesome. But yeah, it's it's really exciting. Um, like I said before, even since from when I st- first started as a white fern to now, the pay has increased for for in- the international games. And um, just last year, they um, have given us match payments for our domestic team as well. When um, we've never had that before so it's really nice for them to be recognizing us in in that sense with having the same pay as the men for for the work that you're doing on that day there is one thing that needs to happen though and this is a test match how much would you love to play a test match but also see some of the white fern legends that you get to play alongside get to pull on the whites and play in a test match yeah, I would love to play in a test match. I think going off the games that have happened in the last year or two, they've been super thrilling and exciting and so much has happened. And yeah, I it's crazy to think that if we were to play one, we'd have all of us debuting <laughs> for a test match. Um, but I know I'm not the only one who would be very keen to, to play in, in a test match. And yeah, especially some of our girls who... It's hard to get them out of the nets. I'm sure they'd love having the ability to bat for days on end if if they could. So, 
yeah, hopefully one day, but um, yeah, good things take time. And for now, you can just think ahead of all of the franchise stuff you've got lined up, potentially the Olympics in the future. And then at some point, New Zealand are going to have to come back and at least defend that bronze medal from the Commonwealth Games last year. I remember there was a lot of jokes from, I think it was Sophie Devine, who took the piss out of the English people because they had medal pockets inside their jackets and obviously didn't win one in the cricket. So, you know, you've got to win another one, though. Bring yourselves a, a, a medal pocket next time. But talking of the franchise stuff, you're off to join up with the mighty magenta, the Sydney Sixers, in the women's big bash this winter slash summer, depending where you are. And that's my team. Um, I can never not support a team that's coached by Charlotte Edwards. You were the second pick in the draft for that one. So you must have been pretty buzzing about that. And how much are you looking forward to joining up with that? Because it just gets bigger and better every year. Oh, yeah, I couldn't, can't explain my excitement really for playing in the Big Bash. Last year, I was picked up as a replacement player for the Brisbane Heat, which I absolutely loved. I didn't play the whole season, but um, the games I did play, I loved it. The The quality of cricket in Australia is is second to none. And yeah, to be playing, to be playing for the Sydney Sixers is a, is a dream come true. Um Charlotte Edwards is coach. I've never worked under her, but have heard great things. Um, obviously, Mealy was with her with the Mumbai Indians this year. So, um, yeah, I'm so excited to work under her. And then, obviously, having my White Ferns teammate Susie Bates there too. But, um, yeah, I'm, I can't wait to get over there. For me, it's just the quality of cricket and and how can I improve myself as a, as a player. And Aussie certainly lead the way in that sense. So, yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. And it's not the worst place to travel either. And it's not even that far to you. I always think, oh, it's so far. But if you're just coming over from Kiwiland, you're fine. Um, is Mealy playing as well? Where's she playing? Uh, she's been picked, uh, retained by the Brisbane Heat, but she is arriving a couple of weeks later. So she's going to go home and have a little bit little stint there before joining with them for the back end of the tournament. Um, what's it like when you have to come up against each other? Do you know what? I have never played in a team against her. This will be the first time. Obviously, yeah, last year I was in the Brisbane Heat with her, Wellington, White Ferns with her. I think I've maybe played one sort of club game against her. But, yeah, it's going to be very, very strange because we've always been on the same team. So, yeah, a few people have brought that up um, already. <laughs> And your mum and dad are going to have to like buy two shirts, cut them down the middle and stitch them together. I know. my um, the, We've got a little cousin who's only eight years old, but she is happy I'm in the colour pink. So I'm hoping I've got um, one family member rooting for me at least since I'm, I'm wearing the colour pink. <laughs> but we'll wait and see. Team Barbie all the way. Yeah, yeah. Cricket Barbie, right? <laughs> Yeah, so does it get, do you ever play against each other at stuff like in the garden or anything? Or do, how, how competitive do her family board games and that kind of stuff get? Uh, yeah, we come from, I've, me and Mealy are all we've got in terms of immediate family, but we have a bunch of cousins. So a lot of our summers were spent sort of kids versus adults, um, backyard cricket, um, things like that, just great memories. So Again, often probably on the same team because um, we'd be versing the uncles and aunties and, and parents. But um, yeah, certainly we've had a lot of memories growing up of um, each other bowling to one another in the nets and, and whatnot. So 
yeah, Amelia is very competitive. She hates she hates to lose. But yeah, like I said, cricket wasn't my big passion as a kid. So it's probably only now I'm a bit more competitive with when it comes to cricket. I am so excited to see you two come up against each other. I really hope <laughs> there is some fantastic chat out there on the field because this could be magnificent. I love watching siblings or partners play against each other. You know, when it's wife versus wife, that kind of vibe. I'm, yeah. I'm all here for that. Yeah, so you'll be taking each other on in the women's big bash, which is very exciting stuff. But at the moment, you're obviously out in South Africa trying to play a series. Um, South Africa obviously made it to the final of the World Cup earlier on this year and were beaten by Australia. But do you think that sort of gulf between Australia, like they've for a long time been way ahead of everyone, between Australia and the rest is getting smaller? Yeah, I th- I think it is. I th- Obviously, probably the T20 World Cup might have surprised people with South Africa making it, but... Um, especially T20 cricket I think anyone can win on any given day and and like we talked about before it you know each each and every team is becoming more professional and and you know the UK with their domestic structures and things like that it's everyone's just becoming better and better so yeah Aussie Aussie is still certainly leading the way but it's nice to see that teams are getting better and, and challenging them too I mean you look at Hayley Matthews the other day um, versus Australia it was a phenom- phenomenal knock so like I said on on any given day anyone can win but um, I think Australia consistently are performing and producing quality cricket and the talk of Hayley Matthews is the most wonderful segue into me bringing up Fairbreak where obviously you played on the winning Warriors with Hayley Matthews this year at Fairbreak. Um, you came into it quite late, quite a late addition to it, but how much did you enjoy being able to be part of that? And what kind of stuff did you learn? And also, what was it like to just be able to watch that Hayley Matthews knock and be like, she's basically just hit us to the trophy? Yeah, I absolutely loved my time at the Fairbreak. Um, yeah, I was a late call-up, so I had about four days to decide if I wanted to go and then, and then, and then travel, but I don't regret it one bit. And I think just the the nature of of the name Fair Break, it's giving all nations a go at playing the sport we love, and and just the mixing and mingling of of all the nations and in the teams, and not just your own team. There were so many um opportun- opportunities to hang out with with everyone else, and I think that's really special about that tournament. When often other leagues and franchises and playing for your country, you just stick to your one team. Um, so that was really unique and special about that. And yeah, like like you said, Haley Matthews scoring a century that game, um, absolutely incredible. Um, another type one diabetic actually. So yeah, very talented. What's she putting in her insulin too? She's exactly fine. No, where's where's this batting talent coming for me? So <laughs> not even a fast bowler either. So, yeah. And you've just mentioned there with fair break about mixing with perhaps players you might not have seen play before, some more associate nations. Like what sort of things were you able to learn from them and what sort of piece of advice perhaps and bowling techniques and stuff like that were you able to pass on to them? Yeah, I think it, one, made me very grateful for what, we do have in New Zealand um, and and also it provided an opportunity for me to to help some of the associate nations if if they wanted wanted help um, which which was awesome too um, I think it's always important to give back to the to the game as it's given 
given me so much and yeah it was a great opportunity to be able to do that and for them it was such an awesome such an awesome event and there were so many world-class players and you know they they really did well I mean you look at um Mahika Gore you know she was so good at that tournament and now she's she's representing um the uh, representing England so it's just like what you set what you don't see you don't know so I think having that exposure out there for those associate nations is is really awesome and there's some great talent in in that bunch and I think we see it a lot now as well you know the more there are more countries playing in regional global qualifiers and the women's game is growing at an astonishing rate which is always very exciting to see Alex do you have any more questions for the wonderful Jess not off the top of my head does that mean we can I feel like we've covered a lot um right we always like to sort of finish off with a sort of quick fire round of questions they're sort of a bit more fun one that we like to always ask is what is your favorite item at a cricket tea favorite item at a cricket tea like a normal traditional cricket tea I don't know if you have them in there like we do in England we have like sandwiches cakes sausage rolls little cold pizzas that's the kind of cricket tea you get in England crisps in a bowl that's always a thing I don't know maybe you have like lamingtons what's a very kiwi what is kiwi do you have cricket tea maybe that's just very English well we've got we like a cricket like a lunch Mm, that'll do yeah I think you can't go past like a hot bread roll with butter nice uh well I actually spoke to Phoebe Litchfield the other day and you know what she takes to eat at a game a banana in a wrap oh yeah no as in like like that's questionable (laughs) I think that's so weird I was like I actually don't really know where to go with this you know when it sounds like someone's making something up and I was like I don't think you could even make that up but a banana in a wrap weird one I actually take that back to, in New Zealand. Not sure about the UK, but toasted sandwiches are just a must um, on the sideline. Ham, cheese, bit of onion, maybe mayonnaise. Ooh, toasted sandwich. Oh. Delicious. Mm, beats all crisps in a bowl, doesn't it, Alex? The best sledge you've ever used or heard? Oh, I feel like people are usually pretty nice. Mm. Um, I don't know if I've had a sledge. I don't I'm I'm quite I'm too nice myself I'm not the traditional nasty fasty bowler maybe it's a work on for me you'll need to think of one for when you play your sister yes yeah yeah maybe then I'm not the favorite you know yeah <laughs> bouncer yeah out. <laughs> no because I was gonna say like imagine she Jess says that and then it's like it causes like such tension between them after I say it just by saying, Oh, mum's favourite. My mum is not want to be if one of us grumbles. Yeah. Well, you know what? It's all in the name of winning, and that's what's important. Um if there was a dream person you could get out or your favourite wicket, who would it be? Oh, I think maybe I'm thinking Australia. Probably Meg Lanning, it would be great to get her out. I've never got her out. Any to, any top order opening bat, not that she's, well, she has opened actually, but being an opening bowler, if I can get that first wicket, it's always quite satisfying. Mm. Um, it's helping the team as well. Favourite musician or artist? Adele. Oh. Easy. Yeah, love her. Interesting. Do you go for the proper oh. belting it? Do you belt it in the car? Yeah. 
felt it. Love her. She'd nice. be my guest at a dinner too. I just, yeah, I absolutely love Adele. Big Adele fan. What's your go-to order from Deliveroo? Oh, we don't have Deliveroo in Do Uber Eats. At the, moment, at the moment, it's Nando's over here. Cheeky. Uh, UK Nando's is the best though, I must say. And what flavour? Do you go lemon and herb or are you going like? I go mild. Hmm. Cool. Peri chips though, always. Oh, nice. 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 Yeah. Dream place to play, you would like to play cricket? I'd say Lords. I was there with the London Spirit last year but didn't play. I was the wild card, so I'd love to actually play a game at Lords. It's a beautiful mm. place. Good lunch too. Yeah. Yeah. At least you get lunch even if you don't play it. Yeah, I did I did get the lunches. Yeah. <laughs> Make the most of it. Go to karaoke song, which I think will be an Adele song, but if it's Adele, which song would it be? Uh, Adele, maybe someone like you. Just Ooh, that's a real belter. Yeah. That's a strong choice. But I probably wouldn't choose Adele to be honest, because her songs are too hard to sing. Mm. But if it had to be Adele. That's a goodie. My my grammar actually taught me that on the piano when I was younger. I don't I don't remember it now, but that was one of the first songs I learnt. That's very when cool. I used to play the piano. I feel like we all used to play the piano. Now I feel like I'm like, oh god, no, not a chance. <laughs> yeah. Um, if not cricket, and you could do any dream job, what would you want to do? I've recently just built a house, so I love the interior design. Ooh sort of side of it so maybe like an interior designer would be quite fun I reckon that would be really cool so I've just been watching I because I have nothing better to do with my ends have you ever watched Big Brother years ago so yeah it's just come back in the UK and every time I watch it I think how much fun would it be to be an interior designer for the Big Brother house yeah mm. and I don't have an arty bone in my body so just rewind like two seconds you just built a house casually yeah, yeah. Me and my partner have just built a built a house um on his parents' backyard actually. So um yeah. I was gonna say, did you flip the house? You obviously didn't if you built it from the ground up. Yeah, built built brand new because yeah, we we were luckily got the land from his his parents' um backyard. So it was quite a fun little project really. It was about two years in the making with getting sort of resource consent and, and all that, but I absolutely love the design stage of it. Um not so much the tradey mm. get your hands dirty stage, but um, yeah. that wasn't my job. We got builders for that. So Good it didn't job. matter. Now you can just yeah. pop over to his parents for Sunday lunch. Easy. Exactly. Yeah. There is no it's doubt no, it's definitely giving Property Brothers vibes. Or like <laughs> any show on HGTV in America, it's giving them vibes. Yeah. I don't know what that is, but it sounds like my kind of show. I used to like Pimp My Ride, and that was Cars. That was quite similar. But that's because I'm old. As we know, getting towards 30. Ooh. Anyway, <laughs> uh, moving on very swiftly before my hair gets any greyer. Um, What was the last TV show you binged? Oh... What did I actually the David Beckham documentary I've just watched really? and I loved it. Yeah. I was it part of it? I definitely cried and I was I was a bit watching it like why am I crying? Oh, when the bit when he um they get rid of him from Man United and he like doesn't want to go. And I was like, mm. 
He doesn't want to go. Why is he go? Anyway. Yeah. I guess. Last book you read. Last book I read. We had to read as a team a Dan Carter book for the White Ferns. So that was actually the last book I read. Other than that, probably Lessons in Chemistry. So good. But, so it's coming on to Apple TV. I know. That would um, be my next show to binge. Yeah. Yeah, cool. Oh. We can chat about that one when it comes out because I love <laughs> that book. Also, the fact that the job is called 630, I just found so funny. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Alex is looking at us like we've completely lost it. Alex is a very good book. It's not actually really, well, I mean, it is about chemistry, but it's, it's very good. You need to watch it, as do our listeners. Do you have any cricket icks? Oh, I think collar up when playing. You know, if you've got a collar, but you've pulled it up. Or okay. cricket, tan, like T-shirt tan lines. Oh, yeah. Mm. Yeah. I try my best to avoid getting tan lines. I'll get a bit of stick for wearing a singlet all the time, but it means I don't get tan lines. So The Kiwi singlets are quite nice, though, your training ones. I remember thinking that in the under-19s. I was like, I'm very jealous that they've got this really nice kit. How do I get some? But... Yeah. Do you have any superstitions or anything you have to do before you play? No, surprisingly not. I think I always put like my left batting pad on first, but just nat- I naturally do that. No, I'm not super superstitious. I don't think you can be with how cricket rolls. There's so many like things you have to do to adapt that if I was so strict in my routine, it wouldn't work well. Anything can happen. You've probably got enough things to think about, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Sort my diabetes out. That's my, that's my super sorting all that out. The final one from me, favorite genre of music. Oh, Adele. (laughs) Just things I can, just, I think like car music that you can just sing, but obviously in your own company. Yeah. I'm quite, I like my slow, slow songs. So probably don't put me on the, on the um on the speaker for for team trainings and whatnot because I I like my more chill mellow type music but yeah who's the team DJ in the changing room it's Mealy yeah oh is it and who has the worst fashion sense oh who does some oh I'm gonna say maybe maybe Sophie or Leah but I'm taking Sophie shopping in in Australia apparently so soon it won't be Sophie nice love that um (laughs) who has the worst dance moves oh I'd be up there maybe Georgia Plummer but (laughs) she's she's funny she's entertaining so the youngsters I encourage Mm. I encourage it it's the the youngsters these days with all their TikToking doesn't matter what dance (laughs) you're doing do, yeah. do you have a TikToker on your on your team? Do you get involved in that? Um, I think Fran and Eden quite like TikTok. They don't ever publish anything, but um, yeah, I've I've seen a couple of um, drafts from them, and no, I have not been involved in any of them. I'm more of a singer than a dancer, so. Um, well, we're going to want to see you involved with all the content with the Sydney Sixers. I'm sure you won't be able to avoid it because oh, kind of thing you're I'll try. Get. so and if you were a barbie which barbie would you be oh i've got to say cricket barbie don't i if i'm yeah, joining barbie. the sexes yeah <laughs> i think there should be a cricket barbie okay Why my cousin it? actually said that when i got picked up in the sixes she said 
Um, you're actually cricket Barbie now. <laughs> oh, the absolute dream. Yeah. I couldn't be mad so. to be playing for them. So, yeah, we'll say that. Well, cricket Barbie, Jessica, it's been absolutely magnificent to have you on here. And thank you so much for chatting about everything with us. Um, could you just let our listeners know where they can find you on the social medias? And I'm assuming that doesn't mean TikTok. No, I'm not on TikTok. I I actually I I love watching TikToks, but I don't don't post anything on there. Um, but yeah, Instagram, um, Jessie Kerr with a double E. Um, yeah, that is my main form of socials I use. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for chatting to us, taking time out of the rain in South Africa. Go well in the rest of the series, and we look forward to seeing you go and do your thing for the cricket barbies at the sydney Sixers this winter thanks so much for having me it's been a pleasure and to all our listeners if you want to keep up to date with everything that we're doing you can follow us on twitter and tiktok at w cricket chat on instagram at women's cricket chat and if you want to give us a like on facebook we are women's cricket chat if you'd like to give our personal twitters a follow then it's at georgiaheath27 and i'm at this has been women's cricket chat tune in next time Podcast Network.